Hi, and welcome to the Sales Enablement Pro Podcast. I am Shauna Smaowong. Sales enablement is a constantly evolving space, and we're here to help professionals stay up to date on the latest trends and best practices so they can be more effective in their jobs. Today, we're joined by Cameron Tanner, who leads sales enablement for strategic accounts at Amazon Web Services. Cameron has several years of experience working with sales leaders to help drive productivity and empower their sales teams. Hi, Cameron. Thank you so much for joining us today. So Cameron, one of the first things I wanted to talk to you about was actually along the same veins as your panel at the Sales Enablement Soiree. It was really around revenue and whether or not it's enablement's responsibility. So the first question, and it's quite a long-winded one, but within our community of sales enablement professionals, it is believed that revenue is enablement's responsibility. However, tying revenue back directly to some of sales enablement's areas of focus, such as sales training and development, can be a little bit difficult for sales enablement practitioners. What advice do you have for measuring sales enablement's impact on revenue? The first thing, you know, it's always, I, I don't mean to be um, mean, but it's like we always nitpick ourselves. I think it's easier, easier to start with what not to do than rather what to do. And I think that the, the easiest thing to, to go wrong is that you think there's a problem or you hear there's a problem but have you dived deep enough to have the data that there is actually a problem? And I think that where people go wrong is they don't have that before they start. Um, there's a really lovely um, inspirational lady. Her name is Amy Pence. Um, she said one time in an interview or she was at a, a conference, she said, if you're enablement, the first step that you do is don't do anything until you've baselined. Um, and I think that that's like, that's like the, the number one thing where I see people going wrong is that we want to jump in and help. We want to jump in and be busy and be doing great work. Um, but it's very easy to jump out of the gates and say, hey, like, have we baselined where we're at? Um, so I'd say that's like, it's a, it's a what not to do and it's a what to do in order to um, be making sure that you, you you're getting um, the right results. And so what do I mean by that? Like, um, you know, I have this, like, this conversation could go a million different ways, but you know, it's obviously very topical around like onboarding and people say, well, we want ramp. And they said, we want, you know, sales leaders are very quick to say what they want as an outcome, but they're not quick to say what they want as activity that produces the outcome. Um, because getting activity that produces the outcome is actually very scientific and it's very, um, it changes depending on, you know, you're trying activity and then it, it doesn't always produce the desired result. So um, like you've got to press on your leaders, what activity do you want to see? And then once you know what activity you want to see, then you can implement training that creates that activity. Um, and so what advice do I have is that often you'll end up stuck in a conversation of we want revenue, we want pipeline, we want, um, we want ramp, we want improved sales productivity, we want bigger deals, we want, you know, more market share, whatever, we want a certain percentage of that product sold. Um, that's great. Um, but that's not really helpful to enablement in my view anyway. Um, and they they sales leaders may may argue differently but you you have to um and again i, I can be uh 
accused of using um, words that are a bit uh, firm, but you know, you've got to dig your heels in and you've got to say, what does that mean? What, what does that mean in activity? Um, because we're very good at creating the micro skills that produce activity. Um, and we can't, we can't design a program until we've got commitment from the sales leaders and sales managers that they're going to hold their sales teams accountable to those activities. Um, so it's kind of like a long answer, but the reason why I'm breaking it down like that is um, in terms of measuring impact on, on revenue, it's a symbiotic relationship. Um, you need sales managers holding their reps accountable to specific activities that drive revenue. And then you hold enablement accountable to do the skills that we're developing, create activity, a spike in activity. Mm-hmm. And then it's a symbiotic relationship um, or it's a true relationship with sales because you're, sh- you're sharing in the risk um, and you're saying, you know, is, what I'm, is what I'm trying to develop to get to boost an activity actually um, pr- yielding on the other side? We talked a lot about, you know, you talked a lot about getting stakeholder buy-in. Um, and I do, I would love to understand a little bit better from you how you have gone about getting that buy-in from executives. What are, what are some steps that you've taken within the organization to make sure that you have stakeholder support for all your initiatives? Yeah, you're asking good questions. Um, I uh, honestly, Shauna, I think this is one of the biggest uh, I, I, you know, I say, you know, before you do anything, have baseline your data. I, I think you're asking a really great follow-up question, which is before you do anything, do you have sponsorship and buy-in? Um, and it's a very topical um, conversation. And it's one that I am going to explore further how to help enablement practitioners this year do. So I'm really inspired that you're asking this question. I think all, all enablement leaders um, understand, sorry, all sales leaders in some shape understand enablement, but they are stronger at understanding deliver results or they're stronger at understanding drive um, people, like just dr- drive, right? Like, mm-hmm. you know, I don't have time to sit and wait and develop because they, they're accountable, right? Very quickly. So you'll see that sales leaders have a much bigger tendency, the successful ones, to just execute. They're not interested in uh, stopping to think and design and ideate on performance. They really leave that to enablement. Um, so so that's, that's the conundrum is that you have leadership who um, they are uh, outsourcing is an aggressive word. Um, they are, they are investing in a sales enablement function arguably because they don't have the time is not the right word. They don't have the ability to really slow down to speed up because they're so accountable. Right. And so the quickest way for them to, to keep going is just by keep executing. So how the question then becomes, uh, if, you, if, if you are like an outsource model for doing that for them, you can very quickly become not aligned because you need to make sure that 
they are aligned with what it's going to take to improve overall performance. Um, and I think the biggest challenge we have right now is um, we have senior sales leaders and VPs that grew up in a, a time when we couldn't measure performance in seconds and we couldn't develop reps um, in real time and we couldn't, we didn't have the data and insights on behavior that we, we now have. Mm-hmm. And there is a huge delta between what was possible today and what, um, what they know uh, produces results. So the question is, how do you then get um, good sales enablement leaders are very aware of some contemporary art and some contemporary practices that um, can really change the organization. So how do you get sponsorship? And I'm just kind of teeing up that because it's really important to kind of think about that in in context. So so first you you need to... um, you need to understand what kind of leader are you dealing with? And you need to be very empathetic that we have time to study the craft of enablement and learn a lot of language and and frameworks and contemporary tools. And they don't, Um, they are busy executing which is what makes them successful and it's what they should be doing. Um, However, some of them are more aware than others. Um, I I think you're obviously writing this article from what do you do when you don't have a leader that Mm -hmm. is, um, I'm still trying to understand that myself. Um, The first, the first thing that I would say is um, you have to have a cadence um, with it in which you are, reviewing results together with your leader. I think, I think a lot of sales sales leaders out there say, Hey, I've got this enablement function. It's training my people. It's doing some great activity. Great. Um, but that's, that's very easy for them to be like, yeah, yeah, I've got an enablement function, but like, I don't, I'm not really maximizing the return of it. Um, and so if you have a cadence in which you are reviewing sales performance together with your sales leader, all of a sudden you become a business partner to changing performance. So yeah, number one is number one is figure out what kind of leader you've got. Two is make sure you've got a cadence with your leader. And three, as corny as it sounds, and it's something that I'm going to start doing, you've got to educate them and you've got to be on a journey together um, like something that I'm honestly going to start doing is saying, Hey, Friday afternoons at four o'clock, I'm going to send you an article on this topic, you know, once a month. Um, and if you do it any more frequent than that, it might sound like noise, but I think you have to have a, you have to go in with the assumption of they need to be educated too. Um, the fourth thing that I would say is um, start small and expand, right? Um, maybe you can't get your leaders full attention with um, maybe you can't get your leaders full attention with like, Hey, let's go from zero to hero straight away. But, but find one thing that they care about in one team that's hurting their business. 
or with one leader, right? Something's hurting somewhere, whether it be, you know, compete scenarios, whether it be speaking to the right people or engaging executives, you know, or go selling wider in the business, something hurts. And then you've got a little bit of leverage because you can go and say, Hey, I'm going to grab that one thing bought by the horns and I'm going to provide it a little scenario. And then you can earn trust quicker because it's not something that's like, Oh, they're asking for all my attention. You're coming back to them with value. Thanks for listening. For more insights, tips, and expertise from sales enablement leaders, visit salesenablement.pro. If there's something you'd like to share or a topic you want to know more about, let us know. We'd love to hear from you.